Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my story here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit that follow button and you can watch these episodes on the Sports Card Lessons YouTube channel. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and leave some feedback. Happy Thursday. Before we start, a little programming note. I will be traveling this weekend, heading down to North Carolina to visit my daughter uh, and son-in-law, and most importantly, my granddaughters. Um, I also plan on going over to see my guy Sam over at Cardiac Cards in uh, Apex, uh, hoping to find some gems over there. Uh, with that said, Monday's episode will be a day late. Uh, I will not be getting home till late Sunday night, so I will record an episode on Monday and drop that Monday night, and you'll have that Tuesday morning. Um, our Wolfpack content group has dropped the first Wolfpack Wednesday episode. Uh, the first four, Rob, Sports Card Therapist, Craig, New York City Sports Cards, Tony, Cousins Collectibles, and Shane, Sports Card Nobody. Um, they dropped that episode. It was live on Monday, dropped on Wednesday. Uh, definitely check that out. It was a great episode. Uh, I will be doing that every two weeks. So uh, a week from this Wednesday, I... Excited. My Chiefs are back uh, to the AFC game for the fifth time. Uh, a little nervous about that ankle injury Mahomes suffered this past weekend. Uh, it didn't look good, but if uh, if anybody uh, is going to be able to play through it, I think it would be him being the stud that he is. Uh, and I'm also a little nervous about that Cincinnati curse. It looks like we can't beat these Bengals. Uh, that, that's been developing for a while, so... Uh, yeah, hoping for the best. Hoping uh, Mahomes is, uh, you know, eighty or ninety percent, and hoping we can uh, we can take the Bengals this year and get back to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm hoping my plane coming back from North Carolina Sunday night has Wi-Fi, so I can watch the second half of the game, uh, Chiefs Bengals. Uh, I will be in the air Sunday night from 8.05 to 9.40, which if it if it's not, I'm going to miss the, uh, the exciting conclusion. <laughs> uh, you might say poor planning, but look, it was the only flight I could get Sunday night. And I knew when I booked it, I knew it was going to be an issue, but it was the weekend and it was that Sunday night. And you know what? Family is always more important. Uh, on the NFC side, Eagles and 49ers. Uh, my son-in-law, who is from Philly, and his family, uh, they have season tickets to the Eagles. Uh, and my granddaughters, who are now automatically Eagles fans by blood, um, 
I will be rooting with them for the Eagles uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, I've talked to him a few times. Well, wouldn't it be great to see Chiefs and Eagles in a Super Bowl for the two of us? Uh, so, yeah, that's it there. So let's jump into today's episode. Collector, flipper, or both? Can it be both? Is it okay to be both? Well, the people in the hobby agree we are all a little both. When you call yourself a collector in the hobby, that one word, you separate yourself from everyone else in the hobby, especially those who jumped in during the pandemic to make quick money. And you'll see this all the time. People saying, no, 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 I'm a collector. Not like these guys, all these guys who jumped in for the quick buck. I'm not like them. I'm a collector. I've been here. I've been here a long time. Um, almost putting themselves just a little bit above everyone else, you know, in the hobby or the new people in the hobby anyways. Um, and they're always saying, I'm here for the love, the love of the cards, period. That's it. The love of the cards. But how many times have you, you heard someone who describes themselves as a true collector. And I hear this all the time. I've taken a lot of content. I hear a lot of interviews online and they'll say, yep, I moved this card and that card to free up some cash to purchase a better card. Is that flipping? Has that collector now become a flipper? I mean, because that's basically what flippers are doing, right? They're, they're flipping cards, make a profit, buy another card, make more profit, right? But as a collector, we're buying a card and we're holding on to the card. Maybe we got bored with the card, but maybe the cash or the investment in that card would be, be would be better spent for us in a higher end card, right? So we can move that card and jump into a higher card. Is that flipping or is that still just being a collector? Uh, most will argue, no way. I'm still a collector. It's how the hobby works. I mean, I tell people I'm a collector, a dealer, and a podcaster, right? Uh, a collector first because I love the cards. A dealer second, just to kind of explain, you know, my further involvement in the hobby. Um, and I think it explains a lot about me and who I am when I tell people uh, I'm a dealer at a show. I'm in the hobby. I'm a collector but I'm a dealer at a show because now I'm coming at it from both sides of the table. And third, I tell people I'm a podcaster and podcasting. The first two being a collector and a dealer. I'm delivering the content that I'm learning from those content, you know, real world situations, uh, things that are happening to me in the hobby, things that, I just observe in the hobby or direct situations that happen. I'm taking, I'm, uh, I'm creating content from that. And then I'm putting out a, a, as a podcaster. So I think myself, I have to, you know, I have to do a little of both. I can't be one. I can't be the other. I have to be both, you know, as, as collectors in the hobby, I feel it gives us an identity. And a lot of times and you, if you've heard, you know, if you listen to the, the interviews I've done with sports card therapist, 
he, he's always asking me, who's your PC? Who's your, you know, and, and, and it's always kind of vague from me. And some people will think that just gives me, doesn't give me an identity. And, and I am a Chiefs fan and I wished I jumped into back into the hobby in 2017 when uh, Mahomes was a rookie, but to try to start PCing him now, it's a little late for me. Like I, I can't, I can't go back and say, geez, I want to, I want to PC Mahomes and, you know, the, 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 the price tags on a lot of his cards are just out of my price range. I couldn't PC somebody. Right. So I find for me to what I PC, I PC a lot of things. And does it not give me, not give me a, an identity? Possibly not. I may be the guy known of, you know, he's got just a, bit, a lot, a lot of different things in his case. Um, when I first started uh, uh, selling at shows, and you can go back in, in season one uh, when I had tennis in my and I had golf cards in, in my cases, uh, people were directing other people at the show. You know, somebody came in and said, "Oh, are you buying?" And they would say, "Oh, I have a tennis card or a golf card." People would point right at me, "Go see that guy because he has those things." And I bought those cards, and I still own those cards. I have those cards. I love those cards and I display them, uh, both golf, both tennis here in the office, but I don't bring them to shows. It's not really a lane where that people are buying, you know, buying those cards. So could I be known as that guy? Sure. Could that be my, my identity? Sure. Um, now I have a lot of Ovechkin in my case, my getting to be known as maybe the Ovechkin guy. Um, pretty soon I'm going to have mute, you know, a lot of pop, pop culture in there. I'm going to have music. I'm going to have movies. I'm going to be known as the pop culture. I'm not sure what my identity, um, as far as my cards and my PC and the hobby. Um, and I, and I know, and I tell people all the time that I have many PCs and many side PCs, but really I just buying the cards that I like. And if it happens to be a music card, and it happens to be a movie card, if it happens to be a tennis card, if it happens to be a wrestling card, if it ha happens to be a song, I'm just buying cards that I like. So maybe I'm not just PCing one particular person and maybe I'm not PCing, but it doesn't, does it mean if, if I buy those cards and then that market gets hot and I sell those cards, was I really a flipper at the end of the day? Maybe you will call me that. Maybe you will call me that. But at the time I purchased those cards, I wasn't thinking in my mind, I'm going to buy this card for X amount of dollars and I'm going to immediately sell it for that, this, this, this amount of money. I bought those cards because I said, wow, I really like this card. I'm going to overprice this card and put it in my case because I really don't think I want to sell it. And I've done that with a lot of cards. And a lot of those cards, I've called that my PC, even though they are for sale. You know, I do love the cards. I love all my cards and I'm always leveling up. I'm always trying to find, you know, more rare, low pop count cards that can, you know, that can be considered, dare I say, a grail card. Uh, and I think the only time I've ever used the G word here on the podcast, right? Because I haven't found that one true rare card to put in my collection. I just said I have many cards, many collections, many cards, many side PCs, right? But I really haven't found that one true rare card 
to put my case. So what do I do? Or to put my PC. So what do I do? I just keep buying the cards that I like. They're all for sale. Um, at the end of the day, every card, every card I own has a price. So now have I, am I back to being a flipper, even though I bought these cards because I love them? Am I a flipper? Because every card has a price. As a dealer, you know, if an offer is made for me on one of my coveted cards, if the price is right, I will sell it. I absolutely will sell it. And I'll invest that money, like I said, into a higher, rare, even lower pop count card of that player or, you know, maybe within that sport, but mostly in that player. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully at the end of all this, I'm going to own that, you know, someday acquire that one true ultra rare card. I think if you go out and you can afford to go out and buy that one card that you buy it and then that's it. Where's the excitement in the hobby? You know, I, I think, I think, um, I talk about transitions, right. In, in, in just being in the hobby and, and, and it, I think everybody grows a little differently in the hobby, but I think everybody kind of grows the same in the hobby. And I think things that maybe we love and we chase at the beginning, and then we realize there's so much more out there and there's so many different other, other types of cards and higher end cards. There's always a higher, there always is a higher end card. Um, and it seems like every star out there, if you look at all their, their actual, you know, their, their highest card is, you know, five, six, seven figure, right. Of, of, of most stars out there. So if we were able to go out and buy that one card, are we really hobbyists? No. I mean, I, I think at that point it would become more of an investment, right. That you just bought this card. Cause we're, really, what are you going to do with this one card? Uh, besides put it in a very, very safe place to make sure nothing bad happens to it. Um, you know, I, 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 I think all these cards that I put here in my office and I display, I love looking at them. I sit here and I look at them as I'm getting ready for these podcasts, as I'm doing anything, I'm always looking on the wall. I'm looking at these different cards. All these cards have a story. Uh, and sometimes I think of the story. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I forget I have cards. I, I talked about this. I open a box. I'm like, oh, you know, I just did this um, last night. I opened up another box and I found the whole box of, of, hard signed hockey cards from the eighties and nineties that, you know, I, and I said this before, I, I knew that I had, but I forgot that I had. And when I open it up, I go, Oh yeah, I remember these. And I was going through, I spent hours going through these last night. I was so excited to go through them and now I'm figuring out which ones I'm going to send off for grading and authentic being authenticated. Um, but at the end of the day, probably most of them will be for sale. Right. It's something that I've acquired, something I like at the time I bought those. I think it was back in the late, the late eighties, early nineties, when I bought a lot of these cards. Um, some of them may not even authenticate. They may not even be because, you know, back then, you know, very few, there was no, when I was buying cards on eBay, there was no certificate of authenticity that were coming with these cards. So, um, some of these cards may just be fake. I have no idea, but it's another whole area of the hobby that I get to, that I feel 
that I feel as a collector that I get to feel I can jump into it and and you know create this. I'm not going to say lane, but something I'm doing for myself and the hobby. And and I and I bring it back to the love of the hobby. I want to say I'm a collector, but I understand that I flip cards too. This you know it, it it's a business practice, right? If I'm going to set up. If I'm going to be, if I'm being a dealer at a card show, I have to be a flipper, right? It, it has to be part of the business model. But am I doing it to put money in my pocket? No, I have not put one penny back in my pocket from this hobby. In fact, uh, all the money I've made in this hobby, I've reinvested in this hobby, and I tend at slower times when there's no shows to even invest a little more money. And I've come across cards that I really like. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to buy these cards. Uh, I owe it to myself, right? You've heard me talk about that. I owe it to myself to buy these cards, you know, any way to convince myself. But, you know, now I've bought into, you know, I purchased, you know, more cards. Now I've really invested more into the hobby end of it, but I'm not still not pulling money back out of it. Um, and I see people put on Facebook a lot and, and, um, Instagram, you know, oh, the transmission went in the car. I need to sell these cards and this and that, you know, I don't know how real it is, but I kind of feel bad. You know, I feel bad when I see these and it's not like I'm feeling bad to go out and buy them, but I just feel bad that, that people may be in this situation that they're forced to sell their cards. Cause you always hear the story. I've interviewed plenty of people that said I had all these cards, you know, and when life got in the way and I sold them and it was, you know, I wish I had the card back. I wish I didn't sell the card at that time. Um, and I think of those stories when I read that, that's what I think in my mind. That's a, you know, I think about hearing other people, you know, talking about selling cards that they really didn't want to sell and really wish they had back at this point of their life. Um, so yeah, being a dealer at a card show, I have to be a flipper because I have to, to pay for the day, right? I have to pay for my travel, pay for my lunch, right? I have to pay for the table that I'm sitting at, um, that I'm selling at. And you know, I always say the first, you know, whatever, so many dollar, whatever the table cost me, whatever my gas and my tolls or whatever it cost me to get here. Um, I, I very rarely stay overnight. Right. So whatever it cost me to get here, that got to make that money first. And, and I've, I've talked about it. I tried to get away with it and I'm back in a hundred percent. My singles boxes, uh, are what, are what pay for those things. And then, you know, the cards are a whole other thing. Um, I acquire more cards when I sell cards and, and I try to keep that business model there. Is that the flipper mentality? Or is that the collector mentality? Or is it a little both? I honestly own thousands of cards, like boxes of cards, you know, more singles than, than slabbed cards. Uh, and most of those cards, most of the cards I own are waiting, you know, they're, they're on the bench somewhere waiting for their time to make it into the showcase or make it out to go to grading. Um, and that was the prospecting part of me. Uh, and as a collector, we haven't even talked about prospecting. I mean, where does prospecting come in? 
Is prospecting on the collecting side? Is it on the flipper side or is it both? I mean, I guess it just depends how you're doing it. If you're going out and picking up these, these young rookies, picking a card up and just trying to one, two, three exit quick and, and, and get rid of it. But what about someone like me who takes those cards and understands it's going to be a few years before anyone develops. So you've got the hot hand guy, the people everyone are chasing seven, eight out of 10 times. That's not the guy that ends up being the guy. It ends up being someone else that everyone kind of overlooked and he ends up being better than, than that guy. So does it make sense just to buy all those rookie cards and just box them up and put them away? Uh, it is prospecting. It is with the flipper mentality saying that it's going to be worth more down the road than it's worth right now. Taking a chance. It's like buying a lottery ticket, right? Or buying, you know, I shouldn't say a lottery ticket, probably buying a stock or a mutual fund, hoping that its value is going to go up and not come down. Uh, so, so what lane does that fall into? Um, Thousands of cards just sitting in boxes waiting for their time to shine. Um, probably one of the differences for me is I really enjoy looking at these cards. I go through these cards. I have some displayed. I don't have others displayed. Um, but when I come up, especially when I moved, it was really an eye-opener of some of the cards that I purchased that I really loved that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, and, and, and I kind of promised myself that all those cards that, especially the slabbed cards are going to be displayed somewhere. They're going in a case on a wall here somewhere. Uh, they're definitely going to be displayed. And then the singles cards, uh, you know, I have five row boxes of, you know, rookies that are top loaded, um, from football and from, from soccer, uh, even have some baseball, um, the hockey ones I started going through last night. You know, I have the two, three years of young guns, um, clear cuts and all those things. And this kind of was driving this episode because here I am pulling them out, going through them, and then looking up the values to see should I should I should I maybe send these in for grading? How is this player doing? Um, what's the value? What's the value? So um, you know, a collector will tell you they don't care about the value of the card, that they just want to own the card and they love the card that they own. So for me, it's a little bit of both because being a dealer, I have to see, I have investments in these boxes that I hope are going to pay off at some point. So does that make me more of a flipper? Does that take me right out of the, 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 the collector lane and put me in the flipper. And can we be a little both? Can I have my inventory to flip at a show? And can I have my PC, um, that I collect, but my PC that I collect, I'm always trying to improve on. And I like to take money that's made on the dealing side and invest it into my PC. I try to, you know, do 70, 30, right? Take 70% of what, what I make, you know, flipping cards and put it back in because it has to pay for more than just cards. It has to pay for travel. It has to pay for a table. So there's money going out. So I have to put more in, but I take that other 30, 35% around there. Right. And I like to put that aside, build it up and then buy into 
buy into other cards that I'm going to keep that are going to be my PC cards. So it's almost to me, it's like a whole business plan. I talked about having a whole side PC of tennis, you know, just goats, all PSA tens that I've been acquiring, acquiring for years that I, when I started at the shows, um, I started buying off of people. I bought some online. Uh, I absolutely love these tennis cards. And if tennis got hot tomorrow and these cards were five, six, seven, eight, ten Xing, I know they'd all be for sale, even though I love these cards, but there's cards that are better. If I were to sell these cards, I could get into a higher, you know, Serena Williams card or a higher Fedorov card or, you know, there's there's always cards that are better than the cards that I have. I love these cards. I love looking at these cards. But if their value was to jump up enough that I would sell these and try to move into higher end cards. I have cards that I've been collecting from the 80s and 90s that I've never sold. And I've been going through these, and I just spoke a minute ago of going through the uh, the hard-signed ones. And I had this whole discussion on Monday's episode about grading, right? But I'm still in my mind that this was these cards I made an investment 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So to me right now, it's found money. It's It would be found hobby money for me to take these cards and, 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 and start grading them, uh, and, and, and possibly sell some of them, you know, cause some of the values on them are up, not all of them, but you know, it, it's like now it's like what I, what I did now with top loading all these rookies that was prospecting for me too. It was just buying cards that, that, uh, I hope one day in the future would have more value than what they were when they bought, when I, when I bought these cards. So even though collector sounds so much sexier in the hobby than a flipper, I think most of us in the hobby are a little bit of both. I think we're a little bit of both minded in the hobby. And I know there's people, I know I've talked to people that say, you know what? I only buy cards. I never sell a card. I'll never sell one of my cards. I only buy them. And every few weeks or every month or whatever it is, I put money aside, I save up and I just buy more cards and I will never sell them. And I go to a show and I leave my cards home. I will never trade them that I'm just going with money. I'm going to buy more cards to add. Um, to me, I would say that would be a true collector. It's just somebody who just wants to acquire the cards and is never interested in selling them. Doesn't care if the value 10x, 50x, 100x on a card. They're never selling the card. After they've purchased the card, they're never going to sell it. To me, that would be a true collector. But I think most of us are a mixture of both. If you're in the hobby and 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 you're always trying to improve your collection and move lower-end cards out to bring in higher-end cards, you're definitely a mixture of both. So as I conclude with this and I, really listening to my own self as I go through this too, right? Uh, I want to call myself a collector, but I feel that, you know, 
there's got to be some kind of a hybrid. Someone for me who's who's doing multiple, who's in the hobby in multiple lanes. There's got to be a hybrid or a middle ground uh, to what we do. Um, but if I stop setting up at shows, and I know you've heard this a ton of times, and I'm going to say it. Uh, if I stop setting up and selling cards, all these cards that I have now, they would still remain right here in these display cases on the walls, each with their own unique story. And I would completely, I would be completely happy with that. Upcoming shows, uh, last show, uh, garden state trading card show, La Quinta Inn and Suites, uh, February 18th and sea caucus. New Jersey, uh, the EC3, Mohegan Sun, February 25th and 26th, uh, another last show, Garden State show, uh, here's two shows, uh, both at Hilton Hasbrook, at the Hilton in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, March 4th and April 8th. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you. Mm -hmm.